Daniel Garp here with you on SEN Afternoons. Great to have your company review listing across New South Wales or Queensland, filling in for Jimmy Smith to start the new year with thanks to sbsfence.com.au. Join us on the text line 0457 736 736, the call line 1300 01 1170. We're talking plenty of subjects, but one of our talkback subjects today is the sports star to boom in 2024. Who will go to the next level in Australian sport? and perhaps make themselves a household name. Jareem Buller will cement himself as a top five fullback in the NRL in a surprising Tigers team, says Doug. That's his nomination. We've had the uh, Jason Day nomination. They reckon he goes to the next level in 2024. Threw on the text line. Yeah, I like that one. Had a pretty good finish at the Century Tournament of Champions in Hawaii this morning. A top 10 finish. So uh, he's looking pretty good. To, uh, to go large this year. Showed pretty good signs already in uh, 2023. Oscar Piastri, big year looming off the text line. Yeah, that's a big one. If he wins a Grand Prix on the Formula One circuit, the young Aussie, uh, well, then yes, he becomes a megastar. He's building in that direction, isn't he? But the reason why I wanted to have this talkback subject today is because I think Minwoo Lee might just be uh, one of the sports stars to take the nation by storm in 2023. 24. Steve Kuypert from Australian Golf Digest has been good enough to join me on the line to discuss plenty in the world of golf. But let's start on that subject, Steve. Hello to you, mate. Happy New Year. It might just Happy be... Happy New Year to you too. It might just be the year of, of Min Woo Lee in 2024. We, we built up to it across the golf summer in 2023, didn't we? Yeah, we did, Dan. It was... Um, I, I just... I guess... I hope that he doesn't lose any momentum over the break. But what we saw at the Australian PGA and Australian Open really had a lot of people excited about his prospects in 2024 and uh, whether he can be our star male player, uh, because, of course, his sister's our star female player. So there'd be some terrific synergy if the two of them just kind of keep going on that upward plane that they have been. Yeah, we've had a nomination on the text line as well, 0457 736 736 for Minji Lee to uh, become the world number one. It doesn't look like Min Woo has a flaw in his game. He hits it plenty far. Um, His ball striking is fantastic. And as we saw at the Australian PGA and for large parts of the Aussie Open, his short game is immaculate as well. Are there any concerns for you in terms of his ability to go to that next level, level and perhaps win a major this year? No, not at all. Like, I think we really have seen the gradual maturation of Minwoo Lee over the past few years and I was speaking to his manager at the Australian Open and um, just we were sort of talking about the the year that he's had and just the progression he's made and I made the comment that it looks like Minwoo is comfortable in his own skin and um, his manager agreed like there's just been not just the maturity as a golfer the maturity as a young man he and I, I feel like he's found his place he's he's hard work look he's He's got heaps of talent, but he's mm. also hardworking, but he has fun as well. And he, he's learned when to do each. And, you know, we saw that with the chef's hat at the Australian PGA, pulling that out with a hold play when he knew the tournament was in his keeping. And he said, I wasn't going to do that if I didn't know I had the tournament won by that 71st <laughs> hole. And so he's learned and he's got a terrific coach, great skill set, great natural ability. He's watched his sister go through this. He's about as well-equipped, I think, um, as any golfer at his age has been coming out of Australia. It's funny watching the contrast between 
Ian, his sister. I mean, Minji is so quiet. She's been at the top for a while, yeah. but she's so understated. And he loves the limelight. He's happy to embrace it, interact with the crowds. He's become a bit of a cult hero. It feels like half the time he's doing it to just annoy her. I think there could be an element of that. I mean, the fact that the past two Australian Opens have been run concurrently, men and women, we've actually seen them sitting together, talking together. And Minji's a couple of years older and uh, and wiser. Um, but she's acknowledged, yes, we're quite different. You know, she she just likes to do her thing, stay out of the limelight, whereas he really like I think he feeds off the energy of the crowd, whereas I get the feeling Minji would probably be happy playing without a crowd at all. Um, and so they're very different. But as I said before, I just feel like when you've had an older sibling essentially go down the same line that you are and you can take all those learnings, even if she is completely different personality wise and it's a completely different circuit, um, you can't help but glean some insights into just how it is that you, you kind of manage yourself. So he's got the game. He's shown the signs already. He's won a couple of big tournaments under pressure here in Australia, the Scottish Open a couple of years ago, top five finish in a major, I think the US Open uh, last year. I guess the only question mark then is, as is always a big question mark in the world of golf, male, female, junior, it doesn't matter, even at your club on the weekend, is doing it with regularity, doing it back-to-back. Mm. So if he has a big performance or a big win and all the hype comes – then putting your head down and backing it up a week or two later. That seems like the only question mark over Minwuli at this stage of his career. Yeah, but you're right. You do get the feeling that consistency is not necessarily in his ballpark. But the way modern professional golf sets itself up, you're better off having a couple of wins a year and having stretches where you're missing cuts and not playing well than finishing 10th every week. Mm. Um, I, I think he would probably even be more comfortable with that. Um, you want your good weeks to be really good. Uh, they talk about the 80-20 rule on tour. You make 80% of your money from 20% of the weeks. And it, it's basically saying you're going to have certain weeks where you're playing well. You've got to cash in on those. And I get the feeling that Minwoo's happy um, you know, it, he, he can live with a little inconsistency so long as the good stuff is really good. As we said before, off the uh, the text line, Jason Day was the nomination for uh, the sports star to rise in 2024. It was building that way, Steve, in 2023 for Jason Day. A top 10 finish this morning in the Century Tournament of Champions. He didn't come back to Australia again, controversially, at the end of the year. I know he had another child, but um, he also played in that tournament in Bermuda at the same time as the Aussie Open was, was going on. Yeah. Um, so that's annoying for us, but he can make amends if he challenges for majors and, and breaks into the top 10 consistently this year. Do you feel like he's got that in him? It looks like it's tracking in the right direction. It does, because I tell you what, I, I felt like with Jason a couple of years ago, it could have gone the other way. You know, he's, he's won a major, he's made it to world number one. Um, he's won a, a lot of big tournaments in America. A fantastic career. It would have been very easy for him to maybe not hide behind, but use the injuries that he's had as an excuse to just sort of quietly disappear into the background. And we would have not begrudged him that and we would have understood, but he really has rededicated himself. He he wants to get back to the best that we saw him seven, eight years ago. Mm. Uh, and, and it showed last year. He won again. He, he really fought hard to improve his world ranking, uh, improve his standing on the PGA Tour. And, um, he, you know, he finished off the year 
winning the team event with Lydia Ko, and it might not seem like much, but it was still good momentum to carry into the new year. And it, it's showing signs that he, that Jason Day is, is keen to have a second win, to, you know, to, to really have a 36, reignite what he had, um, you know, nearly a decade ago and, and really get back as close as he can to being the best in the world. I mean, it hasn't really happened too many times in golf uh, mm. where you've had a, a number one, get back to number one years and years later. Um, I don't know that that's quite within his reach, but you never know. Um, he's he's driven, he's talented enough. And, it, you know, if the body lets him and the desire is there, then it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for him this year. Steve Kuypert from Australian Golf Digest is with us talking golf and the uh, the sports stars that might boom in 2024 because Minwoo Lee's top of the list for mine and Jason Day is a pretty good shout as well. Uh, both of them are likely to be at the centre point of the President's Cup side at the end of this year, Steve. Um, two Aussies there. Cam Davis should be in the mix as well. Adam Scott likely to be uh, in the squad too, you would think, from an Aussie point of view. Do you see, and we're going to transgress now into the uh, the Live Golf PGA Tour saga. We know that the merger talks are still going on. Do you see a situation where Cam Smith might be back in that President's Cup team due to the conversations around the merger? And with that in mind, someone like a, a Joaquin Neiman, the Australian Open champion as well, to boost the international side. Could that be part of the uh, the talks around the merger or is that going to come too soon, do you think? No, I think it definitely should be. I mean, the President's Cup's not till the end of September. And yes, the, the, the talks between the PGA Tour and, and um, the Saudi PIF to to really get on the same page. Okay, they missed their deadline of December 31, but I think any anybody in golf acknowledged that was an ambitious timeline to begin with. And But they're talking mm. about having a resolution by March. Um, and so a tournament that's in September, you would feel like they're, those issues are part of the discussions that are going on now and, and eligibility for the Ryder Cups and, and President's Cups should definitely be part of it. I mean... If they're legitimately going to get on the same page, you you can't half do it. It's got to be everything. And so eligibility for something like the President's Cup should absolutely be a discussion point. And you would like to think that Cameron Smith teeing it up in Canada in, in September should be a better than even money bet at this stage. Because if they're, if they're actually going to kind of come up with a legitimate agreement, then this should definitely be part of it. So, yeah, I would like to think that... Um, we will see Cam Smith teeing it up for the international side. He absolutely should be. Mm. It's better for the event that he does. So, um, But it, it, it'll be interesting to see whether that's actually how it plays out. That'd be fantastic if uh, that is ratified and the internationals are obviously a much better chance of ending that long-running drought that stretches back to the 90s in Royal Melbourne in the President's Cup for the international side. That's got me thinking as well about the Olympics. Who do you think will represent Australian golf um, come the Olympics? Because we know that it goes by rankings, but Cam Smith can't get ranking points at the moment on the Live Golf Tour, so he's sliding while the likes of Jason Day and Minwoo Lee are gaining. Who do you think will be there in those spots come Paris? Yeah, that's a that's probably even a more pertinent question mm. for two reasons, because the it's sooner. Um, I mean, that's June um, after the U.S. Open that they make the cutoff for the Olympics. And also, uh, it's, it's a tougher team to get on because it's a team of two, not a team of 12. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's perhaps the more telling question in many ways. And um, what will happen with the world ranking? Um, I would say that's going to be a tougher 
tougher one for Cam Smith because even if something does happen with world ranking points and, and live, um, will it happen in time to get him back into the top 15 um, as an automatic pick or as one of the top two Australians? Um, that's what he has to do. So that's actually probably a, a more difficult challenge for him than um, the President's Cup is. So, yeah, again, it, it'll all come out in, in March or whenever the details of the agreement uh, are finalised and become public. But yes, just looking at the calendar, it does feel like the Olympics are a little more, a little more urgency to them um, than the President's Cup. So the Live Golf saga uh, was back page news, if you like, again, because of Rory McIlroy's comments, where he made a semi U-turn, if you like, on some of his outright rejection of Live Golf and said that maybe he went a little early and, and Greg Norman came out and said that Rory's basically fallen on his sword. Um, what did you make of that and what potential resolution there might be at play now? Yeah, I, I took it as Rory expressing a degree of resignation to, <laughs> um, you know, maybe a U-turn. Yeah, there's a degree of that, but I just think reality set in for him. Um, I think he knows that He's uh, he he backed the side that he he clearly thought was going to win, mm. but that side's certainly not going to win without some kind of compromise. And so I think that's you know there's a little bit of reality that's set in from Rory in making those comments. Um, yeah, look, it's there's there's so much still to to unfold, and like you know you you've referenced two things with the um, two points with the Olympics and Presidents Cup that probably aren't at the top of the list in yeah. terms of what has to be sorted out. Um, they're important, but there's there's so many moving parts to this. It's, uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. But as for where Rory stands in it all, I, I can imagine that he's probably pretty filthy on the inside that he's had to go through this so publicly. Yeah. And he, he really has been put up as the, um, the front man for the PGA Tour and, and fighting a fight that really couldn't be won. Um, it's, it's taken its, its toll on him. I'll be really curious to see how he plays this year because mm. I got the sense that last year it, it just drained him, it wore on him. Um, and, you know, he, he may come back fresh and, and, you know, full of vigor for his golf game, um, but it also might have a carryover effect. Um, it's it, Rory as a, as a golfer on and off the course, uh, he's going to be one of the most fascinating uh, characters to watch in the game this year. Yeah. Steve Kuypert from Australian Golf Digest with us. Some people can't understand why so many golf journalists and media types barrack for Rory to end his majors drought, which is around 10 years now, um, nine years, I think, in fact. Um, but that's one of the main reasons why, because he's been so vocal and stuck his neck out for the PGA Tour. They feel as if he, he deserves it, if you like. Maybe it will happen uh, in 2024. Ferrari, what about, you know, we're talking in complete uh, hypotheticals here because we don't know what is going to transpire with the merger, but his idea that Live Golf ends up being like an, an IPL type situation or has it that kind of place on the golfing calendar where it's just two months of Live Golf events, teams events, um, and then we get back to normal tournaments. Can you see that happening? Where does Live Golf actually fit in all of this? Yeah, I think that's actually um, one of the most interesting parts of, of it all is is how does the calendar look um, from next year or 26 um, and beyond? Um, it's really been one of the great sticking points uh, internationally is just how much of the year the PGA Tours schedule has taken up. You know, they've just finished their first tournament for the year on the you know one week into January. 
And traditionally, the PGA Tour runs right through till the third week of November. There just really isn't a window in the year for another tour to, to really get a foothold in, in the world of golf. And exactly how the calendar is going to be divvied up, I think, will be um, one of the, the most telling outcomes um, when, when it all gets released. Whether Live Golf becomes a condensed period like the IPL, um, I don't know that that's what they saw it being because part of the sell to the players that went to Live is you're only going to have to play 14 tournaments a year they're going to be scattered throughout. If you suddenly turned around and said, okay, there's going to be 14 tournaments, but in like 16, 17 weeks, I don't know that that's going to to really go down too well. And I don't know that that does the product um, any good either. I I really felt like they were smart with their scheduling. They avoided big events on the PGA Tour. They avoided the majors with the scheduling. Um, I would have felt like that's what Liv wants to maintain, but then again, both sides are having to go into these negotiations um, expecting some sort of compromise. So that might be the, the compromise Liv, Liv has to make. And then you ask, you know, where do we fit in? Yeah. Where does, um, you know, the South Africa fit in? Where, does, where do the other smaller tours around the world, when do we get our window and mm. what does that window look like? And so that's why the, the entire global calendar, I think the, the way that that pans out will be, um, really intriguing. And, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be um, a real measuring stick, I think, of exactly who's walked out of the negotiations uh, with the better outcome. Most certainly. Um, that's the most important thing from our point of view is that Australia still has a place and maybe more than just a place, like actually has a permanent fixture on the world golf calendar. Hopefully that will be the benefit for us uh, amid this drama. Uh, on the PGA Tour this morning, the Century Tournament of Champions, it was won by Chris Kirk by a shot over Sahith Gala. Jason Day finished in a tie for 10th. Interesting story, Chris Kirk. So um, he, it was eight years before tournament wins. He won the Honda Classic last year, and now he's backed that up with the Century, and that's after he had to drop back to the, the Corn Ferry Tour. So, yep, golf dishes up those stories all the time. Well done to him. Uh, before I let you go, Steve Kuyper from Australian Golf Digest, you've been generous with your time. What's coming up in the magazine next month? Or what can uh, readers find on the shelves this month? Yes, the January issue is uh, well and truly on shelves at the moment. Uh Colin Morikawa on the cover. Um, we're, we're close to finalising the um, the next one. But, yeah, the January issue has got a strong travel theme to it. So if you're looking at where you'd like to go, um, particularly domestically, but not exclusively, but if you're planning where to play golf um, this year, uh, it's a great issue to grab hold of because we've got a whole heap of options um, both at home and abroad. Great stuff, mate. Steve Kuyper from Australian Golf Digest. Thanks so much for your insights. No problems. Anytime. All the best, mate. Great to hear from Steve. And now we want your nominations in wake of the uh, Minwoo Lee rising star of Australian sport in 2024. 0457 736 736. Let us know who your pick is.